Welcome to the Situation Report for April 17th, 2023. This is Lieutenant So many things going on. The thing I want to zero in on today, two things, actually. The first thing is that the UN came out this week and they said that it's time to decriminalize sex with minors. And that should make people's blood boil. The second most corrupt organization besides the World Health Organization just came out and said, we need to make it okay to have sex with children. And let me let me zero in on why this is important and why this is so salient right now. First of all, this isn't about teenagers. This is about making it okay to have sex with kids under 10. This is about grooming and traumatizing an entire population so that future generations become abusers as well. And these kids become pedophiles because of the trauma they've suffered. That's the intent of this. This is not an intent of just making it okay for a few homosexuals to have sex with young boys. This is about making it okay to traumatize kids so future generations embrace sex with children. That's what this is about. This has nothing to do with making this, the current set of malcontents legal. It's about making it legal for them to groom children. This whole this whole drag queen story hour, this is not about our generation. It's about the generation they're grooming and parents are willingly taking their kids and stuffing dollar bills into somebody's belt at the age of one, two, three, four. That's what this is about, that generation. They want to corrupt that generation so that generation doesn't have a moral compass. Then you can go down the road of this is satanic, this is evil. Of course it is. But the point is the bigger intent and the second and third order effects of that is what they're after. They've gamed this out to where they want to go after an entire generation so that they can plant the foothold for future generations to embrace this. This is very insidious, and it should make your blood boil from that perspective because that's exactly what they're doing. And they're doing it real time. But the fact that the United Nations, the supposed world peace monitor, is advocating for this is massively offensive. And look, let's put in perspective the landscape of the world right now. So this is not a new phenomenon. This phenomenon has been around for a very long time. I remember I did a, I did about six, uh, four to six months, I think. Been a long time. When I was a lieutenant, I did I did a bunch of time both down at Vandenberg, but I did time in in Thailand. And part of that time, I was way up north when I was training the Thai military, the Thai Air Force, on how to do specific, um, let's just say specific air defense, specific missile, uh, space and missile technologies. Because they didn't have they didn't have any of the systems we had, and we were training them on new systems way back when. But what I noticed when I went through the country, 
is you get on a train, you get on an airplane, and there's really old European guys with really young Thai girls. You go to bars in Bangkok, there's really young Thai girls that are servicing really old European guys. This was way back when. So this has been around for a long time. The difference is that this is being rolled out worldwide. So the entire planet accepts this agenda. That is everybody but Russia and China who have shut this down in their countries. That is a very powerful differentiation. And all of that's happening real time in your face. should make your blood boil. That's the first piece. The second piece of this that's even more insidious is that this is not about teenagers. Teenagers are too old for these people. That's how sick and twisted these motherfuckers are. And that should make your fucking blood boil. Because the piece that Prince Andrew is being persecuted over is that he was having sex with a 14-year-old. Because Guthrie was like 14 years old. Virginia was, she was, she was under 15. She's either 14 or 15 when he was having sex with her. And he was in his 40s. And he was married to, to Sarah. She was a, Fergie was fucking smoke show. You got to wonder, how could this guy not, you know, want to stay married to her? Because he's a pedophile. She was too old for him. He married her young. I don't know if you realize this, but Charles married Diana young. And Andrew married Fergie young. That should tell you everything you need to know. And that they were too old when they had children. So they didn't have any use for them. They weren't attracted to them. Anymore. Now, I can't explain Camilla. No, I, I got nothing for that troll. And she's a troll. Talk about she, that woman fell out of the ugly tree and spanked every branch on the way down. My God. God awful. And I know what you're wondering. Did he really go there? <laughs> yes, he did. My God. That that whole that whole scene, man, what a what a what a complete nut roll that is. But look, the bigger picture here is that they are trying to groom an entire population so that future generations embrace this. That has to stop. At the same time, all that's going on. You're seeing a movement by the U.S to isolate itself from all of our allies. Now, I want you to think about the movie Red Dawn for a second, because in the very, very um, start of the movie, they talk about Europe is on their own. The U.S. stands alone. We are dangerously and perilously close to that right now. And the piece that I want to talk about is not that. I want to talk about the second and third order effects to our allies because our allies are directly affected by our fate and they are directly affected by our lack of production in this country, specifically wartime production. Now, Eisenhower warned us long ago that the military industrial complex should not be allowed to grow beyond control which is where we are today. And now the military industrial complex has declared war on the American people. And it's not just the American industrial complex. It's China, it's Russia, it's all of our enemies that we've created over 
all these years. And a funny thing's happening right now. China has taken a play out of our playbook from the 50s, and they're doing exactly what we did in the 50s and 60s prior to Vietnam. We were going around the world, and we were literally purchasing mineral rights. And then we were moving U.S. companies in to export and exploit those minerals, building building mines and infrastructure to support that. And then at the same time, we were going around the world and we were, we were brokering peace deals, we were bartering peace deals, and we were paying for peace deals, exactly what the Chinese are doing right now. Why this is insidious is for two reasons. Number one, the second and third order effects of us retracting and imploding affects our allies. Let's look at Israel for a second. Israel, the perfect storm has set in on Israel right now. They get a lot of their weapons, a lot of their technology, and a lot of their support, both monetarily in the form of overseas aid, overseas aid, and foreign aid, goes to directly to Israel from us, taxpayer money. In addition to that, they get military technology. They get military research. They get intelligence, even though Mossad's one of the best intelligence agencies on the planet. They still get a lot of benefits from being plugged into our intelligence apparatus that we've spent decades building. As that declines, they get more and more isolated. But that's not the problem. The problem is they don't have any way to replenish the stocks of weapons that they expend fighting Iran fighting Palestine, the Palestinian, the PLO, Hamas, fighting forces in Syria, in Lebanon. That should, that should in and of itself concern you. But they're not the only ones. South Korea, Japan, and there's a host of other countries that are dependent on the United States for military aid as well as foreign aid. And as we implode, they implode too. And whatever your stance is on Israel, the fact that Israel is perilously close to falling should concern everyone. I, there's a lot of people that believe Israel must fall. I do not. In fact, I am a staunch supporter of, of a is, you know, a Jewish state, staunch supporter. And I'm also a staunch supporter of the Jewish state that is what it, what it should be and where it should be. And that is you have two very religious sites in the same place for two religions that has been there for thousands of years. And People say Jew, the, the Jewish state is is racist, they're Zionist. That's horseshit. That's probably one of the most accommodating countries on the planet that you don't even know about because you're so inundated with U.S. press and Western, Western media that lies to you all the time. The, the, the Wailing Wall, the, the rock, all the temples... There's Muslim, Christian icons 
in the same place. And the only time that goes off the rails is when the media gets involved in it on either side and inflames the emotions of those two belief systems. It is normally by themselves without any intervention. There's no friction whatsoever. Both sides respect the religious beliefs of the other side, regardless of what is going on around them politically. But as soon as the media gets involved and politically charges charges the situation, guess what? goes off the rails. And people talk about how Israel is, is racist towards the Palestinians. There's Palestinians that live in Israel and work in Israel every single day. They live there. I've seen it with my own eyes. And I listen to this bullshit in the media, and I'm like, that's complete horseshit. Now, is there bias? Yes. Is there racism? Yes. Is there hatred towards one group or the other? Yes. That exists here. That exists everywhere. But does that make the entire country guilty of that? No, it does not. And if we fall, so does our allies. We are the last bastion on the planet. We're it. This is it. The Second Amendment is what holds back freedom for the rest of the world. And the one thing the elite and the Chinese are deathly afraid of right now, specifically the communist Chinese, is that the world unites against them. When the world sees what the Chinese have been doing behind the scenes, what the elite have been doing behind the scenes, I guarantee you the world will come together in a way you've never seen. And I think that the reason why you're seeing all these disclosures right now and you're seeing all these declarations is because the elite know that there's a disclosure coming. My guess is it's fucking Putin that's going to full send, baby. And as far as I'm concerned, full send. Send it. Put it out there for the world to see. Show the world what the elite have really been doing with children. Then we'll see how many of these drag queen story hours actually happen. And who's actually pulling the trigger when these people get executed. It's not going to be a white supremacist. I guarantee you that. That's just one aspect of what's going on. You know, last week I had a a situation where I didn't take my own advice and I was reading a text message and I was, I was driving partially reading a text message and my phone was blown up. I had five different people texting me all at the same time. And I read a text message from one of my admins and I didn't read it the way it was meant to be read. Cause you know, I have my own biases. I have my own experience. I look at a text message. There's no inflection. There's no emotion. It's just is what it is. And I flew off the handle. I was already, I was already pretty much done anyway. And I picked up the phone and I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to say to me? And for the first few minutes, it ran off, went off the rails. But I'll tell you, when you have good people around you that show you grace, 
I want you to take in just how powerful that is because I'm surrounded by people that have grace. And this guy didn't have any reason to show me any grace. He had been, he had no reason to show me any empathy and he definitely didn't have any reason to show me any respect at that moment because I wasn't showing him very much. And he took a step back and he said, that's not what I meant. Here's what I meant. And I went, fuck. I should have called you and said, I may have read this wrong. What did you mean? But I didn't do that. And we're all guilty of that. We've all done it at one point or another. Don't tell me you haven't, because if you have, if you haven't, or you're going to tell me you haven't, you're full of shit. I'm going to tell you you're full of shit right now, because we've all done it. But I was fortunate enough to have somebody on the other end of the phone that respects me as much as I respect them and showed me enough grace and empathy, remember that word, empathy, to say, you're pissing me off right now, but here's what I meant. And I'm like, totally read that wrong, man. I'm sorry. And then the conversation went better. And look, it's been a tough weekend for both of us. We both had stuff going on in our personal lives that that basically sucked all weekend. But I feel better that I made that human connection and resolved that conflict. And I'm and I know he did. I know he is too. Look, we're human. We're fallible. The whole point of me talking about sphere of influence in line of sight is the fact that other people embrace human, your humanity and they show you empathy and you show them empathy so you can listen, especially in times of high stress. And I was fortunate enough to have somebody do that for me, even though they didn't have to. And that's a gift that all of us should embrace. And why it's important with regard to the rest of this conversation is that that's the piece that sets us apart from our enemy, is the fact that we have that ability to listen, we have that ability to identify and meet people where they are, and we have the ability to build and forge lasting relationships. One of the things that I think all of us are going to see when this is all said and done is we are going to see a world that is not inundated with stuff. Our generations, all the way to the youngest generations right now, have been inundated with, Semper me, I got mine. I can buy more, have more, need more. But here's the funny thing about that. The one thing you don't have in that model is family, friends, and a support system. And that support system is what they don't want you to have. They want to tear down the nuclear family. They want to tear down the support system. And they want you to believe that you're alone and isolated and that nothing matters, which is the farthest thing from the truth. The things that matter most right now is not stuff. It's, it's the people around you and your sphere of influence, people you can trust and count on. That's what you should be working on right now It's building that. It's not logistics. In fact, I had a friend I had a friend of mine say to me the other day, she said, don't worry about the logistics. You got this. Worry about building your sphere of influence. Use your own words. You tell everybody else to build your sphere of influence, but you're not doing it. You're so busy helping everybody else, you're not helping yourself. You need to, you need to bring everybody around you 
into a circle and tell them, here's what's going to happen next. I got sage advice. Shit. I'm pissed. I didn't think about that. That is, that, that's just the situation we're in, right? And it's going to get worse. The next several months is going to get more chaotic. They already they already teed up the race stuff, the BLM stuff, with this shooting down, I think it was in Kansas. They want to eliminate the flyover states. They hate the flyover states. They hate the breadbasket states. You know why? Because they represent everything they're not. And look, they've lost the cultural narrative. They're not getting it back, and they're desperate to start a race war. Don't fall for that. You don't care about race any more than anybody else does. They want to politicize it because that furthers their agenda. Our agenda is not about race. Our agenda is about tolerance. It's about understanding. It's about empathy. The reason why I said empathy and love are the two most powerful things we have in our arsenal is because those two things allow us to listen, understand, and celebrate the differences. If people took one nanosecond to celebrate the differences between us, between you and other cultures, this would be a different planet. We would be unified in ways that would boggle people's minds. But we're so busy being being pre- predictively programmed to accept one or others or not accept others based on race, color, and creed. That's what the whole information war is about. It's not about critical race theory. It's teaching you that because you're a certain way, you're less than. We need to accept that people are as they are. We are what we are. We're born as we are. And we can do things as we are. As a a culture, as a species, they don't want us to be a unified species. You know why? Because there would be no place for them. There would be no greed. There would be no color. There would be no race. There would be no, there would be no furthering. The one thing about Star Trek, that's why I want to have this conversation with Luongo, is that he talks about how Star Trek is this socialist utopia. What Star Trek is, is it's a representation of what the world's supposed to be if the focus is not on greed and profit motive, The focus is on knowledge, knowledge enhancement, and doing something to help society as a whole versus as an individual. That's why, you know, you have statements like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. It's a different way of thinking about the profit motive. Instead of thinking about it, how can I profit from this? The question is, how can society profit? profit from this. And that's where the socialist and the communist models always collide because the collective is always wrapped up in a few that are in power. And the only way you change human nature is you change human nature to think about something bigger than the collective. You t- The only way to take away the profit motive and the greed motive is to make it bigger than yourself, to make it bigger than us. That's why they don't want to give us technologies that would enhance the entire planet because it would take away their power to manipulate, control, and to direct. That's why empathy and love are so important in all these conversations because that's the one piece that's going to bring the entire fucking planet together. Acceptance, celebrating the differences. 
leveraging the differences. That's why your sphere of influence is what you should be working on right now. Not trying to wake people up, not trying to be, not trying to convince people, finding people you can rely on, communicate with, and have share your value system. That's what's important right now. Everything else is noise. This is going to go kinetic. When, how, I don't know, but it's going to go kinetic. And when it does, a lot of people are going to be shocked for a lot of reasons. Because they're not paying attention. You can't save everybody. And look, what we're about to go into is going to suck for everyone. And it's going to literally change the face of our planet. But when we come out of this, this is going to be a different planet, different country with different motivations. It's not going to be based on greed or profit or what you can do for yourself. Everybody wants to live in a multi-million dollar house. But you know the funny thing about that? I can say this from experience. You know, I used to say that only rich guys say money isn't everything. And now I understand why they say that. Because they realize that when you get to a certain income level, you can afford to buy the things you want. You can afford to do the things you want. You can afford to go to the places you want to go to. But what you realize is, is that when you have all the stuff you have, you're a slave to. I had a boat, a plane, the off-road stuff, all at the same time. Here's what happens when you have a boat. You go out and you take the boat out with your friends. Everybody piles onto the boat. You go have fun. You end up driving the boat, and then the boat ferry has to show up to clean all that shit and get it all squared away so you can go use it again. And guess who's around when that happens? No one. Just like the airplane. At an airplane. Two airplanes, actually. And I'd take people up in the airplane. Hey, that was great, man. And, and I was the one out there doing all the maintenance, doing all the cleaning, putting the aircraft away, fueling the airplane, everybody else just sitting around enjoying the flight. And what you realize is you spend more time doing all the shit to keep it running than you do enjoying it. The time, the best flying I've ever done, the best enjoyment I've got out of any of the stuff that I've had was when I did it with my kids or my or my nephews or my nieces. Watching my kid fly, priceless. Watching my nephews fly, priceless. It's that was the best, the best feeling ever. In fact, my uh my stepdaughter, I paid for a lesson because she was a natural pilot. But great reflexes. She was you know, I wanted to. I wanted to seriously consider being a pilot because she was natural at it. Like most people get in the airplane, and it's it's pressure, not movement. People don't realize that until about twenty hours in. In her first hour, like not even a half an hour in, she could fly straight and level. She could turn like literally turn right on the dial. It was amazing to watch. Natural at it. Understood. Understood the visual cues understood that the, the how the airplane operated natural and that was believe it or not i was in the back seat which i'd never been in the back seat by an airplane which was kind of cool too at the same time but i'm sitting there and i'm thinking this is better than anything else i could have done right now like watch it being 
left seat and watching my kid fly in right seat was priceless. Flying to lunch with my youngest, priceless. Flying to dinner with my oldest, priceless. That's the stuff that matters. All the rest of the shit doesn't matter. Stuff doesn't matter. And you know, funny thing, other people's stuff is shit and your stuff is stuff and you want their shit away from your stuff because your stuff feels bad around their shit. That's how that game's played. None of it's important anyway. The most important thing around you right now is the relationships and the people you have that you can trust. That's it. There's no other thing that's important right now. Live your life, build relationships, disconnect from technology, celebrate the people that are around you, celebrate the differences you have with them. And remember, everybody's got their stuff, right? Eat them where they are. That's the bottom line. And that's the piece that all of us need to heed. Because when, when things kick off, it's going to be the people around you that are going to carry us through. And look, we're going to have to figure out how to do things. Because once this kicks off, there's no replenishment, no more medical supplies, no more ammo. We're going to figure out how to do this. That's something Americans haven't done in years. And we're going to have to do it again. And when we do, I guarantee you, folks, it's going to be a shock for a lot of people. It'll be a hell of a lot of people don't know how to do shit. And when it happens, you're going to have to decide who's worth saving and who's not. Those are choices none of us have had to make. And it's going to be hard, but you're going to have to do it. Because you're going to bring people in don't want to do shit, don't know how to do shit, and they want to suck off your resources. That is probably the most difficult decision that most people will make their entire lives. Well, what's going to happen on the other side of that is we'll have generations that will be hard as nails that won't be wrapped up in stuff. They won't be wrapped up in status. They won't be wrapped up in power. They're going to be wrapped up in what's good for the entire collective, what's good for the country, what's good for the species. And that's a good thing because when that happens, a lot of this will wash off of them. All this nonsense, like TikTok, here's how TikTok's different. This is why I hate TikTok. When you look at Chinese TikTok, it's family, it's country, it's science, it's community. It's all things that are good that we used to preach and live. In America, it's eating Tide Pods, dancing next to a moving car. Stupid nonsense. And it's all by design to destroy our culture. And it's working. Because you have entire generations like, there's nothing wrong. Okay, let me know how it works out when you're fucking starving. That's what that looks like. That's what these people are all about. Remember that when things kick off. Because for the first time in our history, since 1776, you're going to see kinetic operations on our soil. Americans versus Americans, Americans versus foreigners on our soil. And you're going to, trust me, after the first few engagements, can be hard as fucking nails. And you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And then, and only then, when somebody says it's a good day, you're going to be like, I'm alive. It's a goddamn good day. Remember that. Live your life. Start building those friendships. Start expanding your sphere of influence. Start increasing your line of sight. That's the most important thing to do right now. Stop trying to waste your time trying to wake people up. When targets of opportunity occur, use them. Otherwise, worry about self-rescuing.
God bless. And by the way, I'm going to end tonight with uh, Mean Street by Van Halen. Something I haven't heard in a while. It was a recommendation. So here it is, Mean Street. And this is a 2015 remastered version by Van Halen. Great song. Godspeed. One team, one fight. Somebody down. 